Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblacksheepboutiquetupelo.com. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening for a steamy Saturday in the middle of the summer. Can you believe it's already the middle of July? Well, I can because, yes... I found worms on my tomato plants this week. They're not there anymore. I won't. I, I, I'm a I'm a, a pluck off and stomp kind of person. So there there were only a couple of them, and they're gone. But they generally wait until mid July to give me a, some problems. Right around the time the stink bugs start up. So if you want to talk about this, you want to talk about anything else involving your garden, this is the place. And now is the time. Welcome to weekend gardening. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama, and it is just terrific to be here today particularly because we are at the beginning point of the fall garden season that's right now's the time there's so much to do we've got lots to do in fact and indeed i'm here to help with that i'll have a couple of programs coming up i'm going to tell you about those um um, in addition to the radio of course which is the best place to talk to me but we have some other things happening. I've got a, a trip next week, so Tim Burris will be in, that gardening guy. You know, he's going to call today so we can talk a little bit and uh, remind him of how much fun this is because he hasn't been here in a while. Now, listen now. If you have not yet gotten yourself a good look at the multiple images being released from the Webb telescope, do that soon very soon it'll change your life if you ever wonder if you ever wonder if there's any order to this universe we live in if you ever wonder if there's any higher power organizing these things these images will affirm your heart they'll touch you they'll make you feel like my goodness this is we are all part of something that is much much larger and frankly much grander than me and you i know that there's a lot that people want to uh see and want to interpret about but if you're wondering why this is such a big deal Look at the comparison. The Hubble telescope has been around now for however many years and has done some magnificent work long past when we expected it to show us things. If you look at the image of the same part of space from the web as you do as you do from when the Hubble took it, it doesn't even look like the same place because the magnification is so much greater, the resolution is so much stronger, and it's such a better opportunity to look. So that's really very exciting. I uh, quoted Mr. Webb in my newsletter to this week, the uh, quote of the week, simply because I feel like this, this is what you wish you could tell everybody. He's having a conversation with John F. Kennedy and President John F. Kennedy and Vice President Lyndon Johnson about becoming the head of NASA. He was the head of NASA from 1961 to 1968. Before he got the job, he had a conversation with him, and he just told it like it was. 
I wish you I wish everybody could do this. I'm not going to run a program that's just a one shot program. If you want me to be the administrator, it's going to be a balanced program that does the job for the country. Wow. What a prescient thing. Of course, he passed away in 1992, but he did live plenty long enough to see so many, many things that the space program developed that we do here. Radio, cell phones, a, a million things, just just a million things. There's, there's lists and articles out there that you can go explore if you don't know what benefits we've gotten. But there's so much more to learn, and that's frankly what has me so excited. I've learned a lot of things this week. What have you learned this week? Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line, and six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is the C Spire text line. Woo! Here come the figs. Yes, indeed. I've, I have a few that are ripe, and I had someone yesterday offer me more. And now, first photo today. Hello, Trey and Grenada, sending up on the text line. Um, that 601-879-4395 ceasefire text line that you all like to burn up so much. Thank you very much for that. I'm, I'm not sure if we all have it tattooed on us, but perhaps we should. Anyway, beautiful, Trey. Thank you for showing me today. There are some situations in this world that we can't do anything about. And there are others that we wonder why there's so much time spent trying to figure them out. And perhaps maybe this one's actually important and does make a difference. If we can understand, you know, I I say frequently that most of my work as a horticulture media person who does thank you very much for tuning in, listening, for calling and texting, I, I get a chance to do this every week. My email box also stays full. So does my messenger on Facebook. So does everywhere else. Because people want to know what happened. I practice forensic horticulture. Yes, that's right. But if we can go to the other side of the problem and know more about how things actually grow, I won't have as much work to do because you'll be growing things the way they want to be grown. The scientists at University of Maryland have just identified the gene responsible that triggers plants to develop fruits and seeds. Say hello. Can you imagine? I, that's where I want to see the, the balloons go up and the sparklers, you know, and everything, because that's so exciting from my point of view and probably yours, too. This will be really beneficial in terms of trying to understand how we can trigger them and also, in frankly, in some of our warming climates, how we can untrigger them so that we can get them to grow a little bit longer before they try to set seed or for, make fruit in that in that same in that different situation. And don't forget, one of the problems that we are having, there's never as many pollinators as there are plants that need to be pollinated anyway. And this is especially true in warm climates. So putting this together, you you can see that food production is kind of difficult. The good news is that publishing in the journal Nature Communications, they're letting us understand um, what they were working on. They were trying to understand how follow, how pollination, how fertilization, triggers that flowering plant to start that development process. How does that happen? Now you you can have the same um, the same piece of this. You can understand that 
there's plenty of times when we say you need to prune that plant within a month after it has bloomed, azaleas, camellias, lots of things, because that's when they begin to set fruit. Well, wouldn't it be great if we could change our attitude about it because we understand how to trigger them to make flowers and then fruit before the the natural time is actually going to happen? It's very exciting. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, <laughs> well, hey, Rod, welcome in. I I I, I did know that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Don't think I said anything about that. That's okay. We always have lots of other conversations going on on our text line. So that's what I am impressed with today. But I'm also impressed with this. I have been out pulling up an assortment of things that are, and I'm, I'm being run over by Greenbrier now. I feel like I've gotten the somewhat under control, the gripe weed, and somewhat under control, some of the other summer weeds. But oh my goodness, here comes that thorny Smilax. People call it Greenbrier and they think it's lovely. It is other places. Here it's just a noxious pain, frankly. <laughs> so I'm trying to get over that prickly situation. A lot of prickly situations, too, by the way. That's a, a lot of that going on. Um, this seems to be a good year for hollies, holly bushes with um, thorns on them, and rose thorns seem to be particularly aggressive, too. I don't know why that is, but maybe you'll have an idea about it. 888-808-8637. Thank you so very much for calling this morning on the Super Talk call line. Appreciate that always. I don't eat cassava very very much um and i have i have eaten it a few times but it's one of those really starchy root crops that is seriously rich in carbohydrates that it is used um in many parts of the world as just a staple there's flowers and everything you know made from it and all that mostly in the tropics of course it's uh it grows in poor soil it's able to tolerate drought conditions and one thing and another but one of the things that we've always wondered about is how does it do that? Because cassava mosaic disease is a family of closely related viruses. And the question is always, how do we get this to work better? It is mysterious, but what they're looking now is that the genetic mutation in some of the cassavas that prevents it is actually translatable. So for this particular starchy food crop that so many people eat around the world that is a big big deal let's see um jenna you're in oxford welcome into weekend gardening thank you for calling what's on your mind well um you were talking about pollinators Mm -hmm. and i have um cucumbers uh plants and they, they, they're doing great. They're marvelous. They, they have leaves everywhere, and I keep them watered. And uh, they've got lots of flowers and lots of bees. I maybe get one cucumber mm. every week. <laughs> and uh, it's quite devastating because I was really expecting a lot of cucumbers with mm. all these flowers. Mm-hmm. And, well... Why am I watering if they're not doing anything? That's another good question. Has it been raining regularly or not? Well, no, it's hot. I mean, it's, you know, 90, 95 degrees. Okay. And in the middle of the day, um, the the, the cucumbers wilt, so I water them. Um, The only thing I can put it down to is we don't have cool nights. It's usually over 70 at night. Mm -hmm. 
The cucumbers are often able to get past that better, say, than tomatoes. They're not, I mean, they're not real happy. But I think the problem is that midday wilting. Because if they if they're trying to be pollinated and no no pun intended, but if they're attempting to be pollinated and they wilt, a lot of times the process just stops. So it could be that part, or it it, it could be. There are a few other things that it could be. Of course, um, there's there's fertilizer issues here and all that sort of stuff. But I just think that the heat has been pretty unbearable. And the cucumbers that I have seen, I've had two or three people send me pictures of where they're actually ripening so fast that they they look at them one day and they look like they ought to pick soon, and the next day they've turned into yellow balls full of seeds, but just because of that relentless heat. So there there are some issues with heat and cucumbers, but it it shouldn't really be pollination. It should be more fruit development. Have you tried moving some pollen yourself? The place, but I have another thing for you. Okay, um, I planted a. Uh, re-blooming hydrangea quite a while ago mm-hmm. and um, and it does flower not well but it does flower and this year the uh, flowers to the rear of the plant are blue <laughs> and the flowers to the front of the plant are pink have you been to my house <laughs> <laughs> you got the same problem. <laughs> well, I actually think it's a plus myself. <laughs> well, it is, it is rather nice. I'm sort of like, afraid to test the soil. You know what I mean? Theoretically, we should be able to tell by testing the soil what color the hydrangeas are going to be. Clearly, that's not yeah. the case. So, and I cannot explain it, but I'm I'm delighted by it. <laughs> well, yeah, and in in the middle, by the way, they're sort of. Lavender. <laughs> mm, yeah, you're getting the whole transition. And undoubtedly, it is, in fact, the, the soil, the nature of the soil. The roots are finding soil that is more acid to one side and less acid to the other. But there isn't any real good explanation for why this happens. I, I just, I've decided, rather than thinking of it as a problem, I've decided to celebrate it and be surprised. <laughs> Sun is for about three years at my house now. Is potting soil? Um, no, no potting soil. It's uh, this one. This is planted in a bed that where a tree fell down, so it's basically just a big compost pile. <laughs> well, the the ones that I um, uh, planted in the potting soil ended up p- being pink. Well, that makes sense because that would be a more neutral pH than than the native soils. That's what I figured. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want to plant- keep them that way, though, because our soils do, you know, wear out after over time, be sure you're applying lime every year to it a couple of times in that container. I guess I'll have to do something. But, I mean, it's kind of nice to have the different colors. Makes other people think you're amazing. <laughs> I've had <laughs> well, several people literally I- say, how did you do that? Um, <laughs> I didn't actually do that. So. <laughs> So uh, I'll I'll keep in touch. Thank I you, ma'am. I can't wait to hear about it. And and look, just get out there and be the bee. You know, do a little pollinating. And if they keep, if the vines keep blooming and carrying on, you're going to get cucumbers. It just may not be when you expect. Going to come all at once in exactly, August, right? exactly. <laughs> While you're out of town. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Someone else uh, said that to me last week that uh, she had some squash that wouldn't make and wouldn't make, and all she had to do was go to the beach for three days, came back, the whole thing was absolutely overgrown squashes. So there, there's that to be considered, too. Um, let's see. Bob is on the line. Where are you calling from, Bob? Uh, yeah. Uh, Hi, Bob. Where are you calling from? Uh, Amory, Mississippi. Hey, Amory. Great. What's on your mind? Um. Well, I've got some raised uh, tomato plants, uh, raised box tomato plants that uh, have have 
grown well and leafed out and budded out well and and have some good fruit on it up to a certain point and then they all seem to have this black uh, I don't know if it's mold or whatever but on the very bottom mm-hmm. of the fruit mm-hmm. and people tell me I water them too much or I don't water them enough <laughs> or it needs fertilizer and I, I can't understand it because it seems to have I got 15 plants out and it seems to happen to all of them okay well it, I can tell you what you've got and I can help you find the way through it because you know obviously we don't the good news is the other half of the tomato is still edible and will be fine but that's not what we want so we're, we're trying to fix this it's called blossom end rot and it occurs when the cells collapse down that you know where the flower was and the fruit started to grow that's the blossom in the end of the blossom down there and when it can't support the fruit as it's ripening it does collapse and turn black under that bottom part of the fruit. It's real, real common. There are a couple of things that go along with it, and yeah, I can understand. People will tell you all sorts of stuff. They do everything except tell you to swing a squirrel over your head, okay, to fix this problem. There's so many attitudes about it. But the research and also my experience both tell me that it is essentially a watering problem, and that is um, if, if your tomato plants ever wilted from the beginning of the season, the watering was not consistent enough, and that will bring on blossom end rot. It's also true that if it's raining so much that it rains really heavily and the water stays in those plants, and then all of a sudden it dries up for a week, that, that flux is also something that can cause those cells to not be able to develop properly. So what we're looking at are a couple of different things. One is I always like you to mulch your tomatoes to help keep the water ameliorated a little bit, moderated. And the other thing is a spray for the flowers of calcium. It's, it'll usually be called bloom set or something like that, and I advise that you get it and use it. Beyond that, you'll want to test your soil at the end of the season and see if there was a problem there. It's probably not. The plants are happy. The summer's been crazy for hot and wet. So I think you're just going to need to take care of them a little bit better with watching the water as they come on to the next crop as we get cooler. And make sure that you get a bottle of that calcium spray. Okay? Thank you for calling today. Appreciate hearing from Amory always. This is Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Welcome to day four of digging safety class. It says here we're talking post holes. Yes, before you dig one, call 811. For a post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude. Not so cool. I hit an electrical line. And I thought you were trying to be hip. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Every day, I see people in crisis. On the surface, they need a good meal. 
deep inside, they need hope. On my best day ever, I can't save anybody. But we each can be a tool God uses to change a life. I want to challenge you. Allow God to use you to help someone else today. Check us out at gatewaymission.org, helping people right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Frederick's has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving you since 1993. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home because we hate termites more than you do. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit beefy or even with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Affordable term life insurance is out there. Call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-481-1458. 800-481-1458 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here today. Good question from North Central Mississippi. Hey, y'all. The uh, first, like, I like your first idea this morning. Give us a remedy for stink bugs and leaf-footed bugs. Thanks. Okay, well, that's a good question. First of all, understand that leaf-footed bugs are not anywhere near the problem stink bugs are. So, And frankly, they're bigger and easier to see. So plucking them off and moving them somewhere else, just tossing them away, giving them a ride, however you want to describe it, is usually enough. They're not 
They'll eat a little bit, but they're not doing the damage that the stink bugs will do. They will, however, also be removed from your plants or dissuaded. I should say they won't be removed. They'll be dissuaded from your plants using spinosad. Um, This is one of the places where I use, and I'm just going to tell you, they they don't pay me for this one, but I'm happy to do it, NatureGuard Spinosad Soap. And it's one of the things that I use as often as I use anything. I don't use very much pesticides. But in stink bug time, first time I see those stink bugs, I'm going to pluck them off. And indeed, this is another case where they're not that fast in the morning. So if you put a sheet or a big piece of paper, you know, like a, a, a giant piece of paper, t- poster boards and that under your plant early in the morning and thump the plant, the bugs will fall off on there. and You can get them out of the garden right away without anything other than you and the paper or the sheet. So I'm I'm in favor of that first and then follow that with a spinosad spray because you're not ever going to get rid of them without something. And this is the one I find to be the least in, in least intervention that works. And believe you me, I've had some stink bug in situations now. If you see the good guys, we we have brown, we have green, and we also have another stink bug that's a little bit different. That's the good guy that actually preys on those two. Good luck. That's wonderful. And let me know where they are. I want you to breed them and bring me some because I don't get very many of those. I only get the bad guys at my place. And I'm, I'm as, I am as hospitable to all kinds of insects as anybody. They just don't happen to be where I am. I hope that helps a little bit. Nina's in Grenada, also on the text line this morning, and her leaves are turning yellow. Um, well, I think I do think you're right. You're getting a little bit of blight, and so at this point, um, thinning out, taking the, the lower leaves off, taking off all those damaged leaves, and then fertilizing lightly is really going to be your best approach to keep this. At this point, of course, what we're trying to do is keep our tomato plants in good health, so that when the temperatures fall below 70 degrees at night, they'll be able to set some fruit. I have some flowers on mine, and I don't think they're setting, but I'm I'm not giving up on them. I'm still watering, and I'm still keeping the plants fairly healthy. But I did have to take off a lot of leaves due to blight. And the blight, of course, is what you'll see. It'll be yellow, and there'll be little what are called shot holes. They're individual small holes that are brown around the edges in that leaf. And, of course, then eventually it turns completely brown and falls off the plant. You don't want to leave that material in your garden bed or in the container underneath the tomato. Get rid of that, okay? But I think I think you've actually looks to me like you've got more good leaves than bad, though. So I think you should be okay. Nice, Nina. Thanks for letting me see that today. Appreciate it. What zone do you live in? Do you know? When is it time to plant beets where you live? Do you know? Well, I'm Garden Mama, and that's why I know. I have a new handout um, that I've, well, it's not new, but I've updated it and edited it um, about fall gardening. And I want to make sure that you all know that this is the time. We need to get busy. I also want you to know that on August the 13th and August the 20th, both days, 11 o'clock in the morning, That's what, those are Saturdays, so after the show, I'll be at Lakeland Yard and Garden on, in Flowood. We'll be talking about vegetable gardening. And then, of course, any questions that you have about other parts of your garden, I'll be happy to entertain as well. But this is a this is just my I want to be the cheerleader. I I want you to be come October. Oh, let's just go wild out there. Let's let's just say that prices continue and 
trouble getting things continues and even if it doesn't won't you feel better when everybody else is saying oh i got to go to the store and you're going oh i think i'll go out in the yard pick my beets get my lettuce pick up that swiss chard whatever it is that you like to eat in the fall i want to help you grow it okay so mark your calendar come see me we're gonna have some lots and lots of fun you can send me an email always, mama on air at yahoo.com, to get information or to find out about events like this. And of course, Linktree slash Garden Mama also has probably more than you want to know about me. <laughs> so, <laughs> plenty of stuff. Did you know how important soil quality is? We were just talking about the different colors of hydrangeas that happen in different pHs of soil. And by the way, if you're trying to. Um, if you, if you want to get them to go blue, you're talking about aluminum sulfate, so that's a different different product to apply. But when we're talking about the soil qualities, we may not always realize that the quality of the soil is one of the things that really does help us not only grow better plants, but cope with the stresses that are happening around us, whether it's heat, um, you know, whether it's drought, whether it's later on in the year and, and in the wintertime, really cold temperatures. Why do some things succumb and some things don't? Oftentimes it is the soil. And I'm happy to know that this research from Emory University is coming along and telling exactly the same thing that I have experienced, that I have told you many, many times. That is, prepare the soil, put that work in on the front end, and you'll have less to do later. You still have to do stuff. But you'll have less to do later if you do that soil prep properly in the first place. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you very much, um, Paula and Caldonia. The date that I'll be at Lakeland in Flowood, Lakeland Yard and Garden in Flowood, I'll be there August the 13th and August the 20th, both days, 11 a.m. Not exactly the same conversation, but there's a lot to talk about, so I felt like it would take two sessions for us to do that. And if we get good attendance and we get good response and everybody's interested, we'll keep doing it. There's a lot to be said for in-person events. How about that? Oh, my goodness. This week, I didn't know. I had had no idea that I was going to be so successful. This is so funny. All of those bulbs that I've been talking about to you, um, you'll be seeing, if you're in Facebook world, you'll be seeing uh, an opportunity um, sprouting bulbs and planting them in beautiful what what we're what 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 my friend who makes them calls uh, floragami. It's an origami pot, completely recycled newspaper and in beautiful thing. And you just plant the whole thing. But you're way ahead. It puts you about three to four weeks ahead of planting if you've already got the bulb sprouted and it's in the soil with its roots and ready to go. So look for that as well. But as you are looking at the, at what you're planting, I'm just really surprised at how beautifully dahlias do in the middle of the summer. I would have sworn that I was wasting my time planting these things, but they're actually lovely, and some of them are setting buds. I'm looking forward to having a, a, a few flowers. This is, of course, all part of working on flower gardening, cut flower gardening for uh, the, the state of Mississippi and whoever else wants to listen to us, but in the deep, deep south, we do have, as, as you may or may not be aware, we have a thriving cut flower industry. You just go to any local farmer's market and, and some other places too, but you'll find the local flower growers there right now. It's Saturday morning. And that's one of the things that, of course, is an, uh, a value-added agriculture crop. It's, it's a horticulture practice that, frankly, 
we just sort of let go of in the United States. We've always done some, but it took a revival back in the 90s to actually get people interested in this. And now, of course, thanks to Donna Yowell, that the mission has been brought here to Mississippi. We'll, we will have another class on the 26th, I believe it is, um, of, of July. Just get in touch. We've got two. She, she got um, two new sites on Facebook and all that. But if you want to grow cut flowers, this is the place. You, you may not want to know this. They're actually worth more per square foot than most anything else you can grow. So that might be a motivator for you. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'll tell you that for sure. People who eat fruit may have less depression. I can't believe I'm saying this. All those times that that you let's just talk about peaches because it's summertime. If you went out and somebody, you know, gave you peaches to eat or you were having a peach cobbler or you were it was it wasn't that didn't that make you happy? Wasn't that making whatever else was going on kind of sideways not as important? Delicious strawberries, wonderful, wonderful grapes, all of these things actually do make you feel better. And it's not people we talk all the time, I'm I'm one of these people so I can share this. A lot of people eat to for our emotional health. It's not a good idea for our bodies, but it makes our minds feel better. So we have to kind of balance these things. This particular study covered about 500 adults and looked at the relationship between their consumption of fruit, vegetables, sweet and savory food snacks, and their psychological health. The more often people ate fruit, the lower they scored for depression on this test and the higher for mental well-being. Now, does that mean that people who already feel better eat more fruit? I don't know. But the, we, we always hope that things can translate in both directions. The researchers' findings do suggest, according to the British Journal of Nutrition, where it is published, that how often we eat fruit is more important to our psychological health than the total amount we eat during a week. In other words, last week I told you that we've got new studies that say an, an avocado several times a week is real good for you. And now we're not learning that fruit is good for you, too, in the same way, not you don't have to go eat half the watermelon like I did last week for my birthday. That was not a good idea, but sure was delicious. Yes, I got the yellow meat watermelon for all those of you who were kind enough to ask. Um, I'm happy to say that, that in fact, they had to mark them down. <laughs> As I told you, they were. And see, that doesn't change what the farmer got. The farmer still got paid plenty of money for that watermelon, but my retail folks had to. By Saturday afternoon, they were a little bit less expensive, quite a bit less expensive, and it was delicious. Um, it, yellow meat watermelon, for, you know, Smith County. Come on, that's wonderful. Oh my goodness, this is great, Papa D. You are just doing some growing today. You and that sweet wife of yours are having just way, way good success. This is beautiful. The vegetable seedlings are all started, 10 different types, so they can know and learn what works in their fall garden. These are some healthy-looking plants, too. Just, just gorgeous. Um, and, of course, we, all, we, we just love Coryopsis. Pretty, pretty. I'm so happy to see that. And he's right on time. They're exactly doing what they should be doing. That's part of what you'll learn from me as to when and what to do. You can get the handout that I've been, I'm working on. You can come to the programs. You can just send me an email. Mama, I live in such and such a place. How do I find out? what to plant when. I'll be happy to help you. I do think it's confusing. And even when I write it, and I know it, it's still confusing. Um, a number of years ago, I wrote, I had the opportunity to write a very proscribed explanation of these things um, for 
a book that I wrote, which is not in print. So anyway, <laughs> now you have to get it directly from me. But the the whole question of what you're going to do and when you're going to do it is oftentimes what leads to your success or not so much. So I'm happy to put that forward to you. Knowing your zone, knowing the dates. But there's some things we plant from seed, of course. There's some things that we plant we start seeds ahead of time, like Papa D and his wife have done, and there there's a lot of different pieces to this particular puzzle, but it's not that confusing once you let me tell you about it. I promise. I don't know if I'm I'm what else can you do to keep fall tomatoes? Well, that's another thing that's in my fall vegetable gardening um handout that I'm happy to send to you. Here's the thing. If they don't look great right now, they're not going to look great in a month. So it's time to get a new plant. Start shopping. All right? Start looking around. But sometimes the plants are perfectly healthy, and it's just that it's too hot for them to bear. So if they're if they're really pretty, then just keep watering and fertilizing. Water a little more, fertilize a little less, you know, just kind of keep them going. But if you've got, for example, as I do, the even I pulled the mulch away to uh, water underneath it because it was so dry that last week at my house. And what I discovered was that I have a few exposed roots that have just managed to get to lose their soil around them. So I have put in a little extra soil. You should do that. And if you need to groom those plants, you need to take off the lowest leaves. You can do that. You may even want to prune the plants back. Um, each stem, you could prune a few inches to stimulate new growth and also help the shape of the plant itself. And, of course, be happy about the new flowers. But if the plants start producing suckers, that's the time to take them off. This is not, in my opinion, this is not a great time of year to have those, okay? Uh, I'm not. Suckers are, if you need the shade on the fruit that's forming, that's one thing. But if you don't, that, that's that's a different thing altogether. Oh, Jeff in Forest County, you are singing my song. Grilled watermelon is so yum. Goodness gracious. Why don't we do all these things all the time? Let's, In fact, let's do it again today. Let's go grill some watermelon. Thank goodness it's July, huh? Stick around now. This is Weekend Gardening. Drop it smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea because... Yes, you about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really sore. What are you waiting for? 
Somebody's going to win it. Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pelium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pelium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-881-4747. That's 1-800-881-4747. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-881-4747. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save $10 on Duracell Ultra car batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com.
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here today. Good question coming in on the C Spire text line from Andrea. Okay, so much about vegetables. She wants to know about what flowers can she still be planting from seed now. Uh, Of course, zinnias and sunflowers have plenty of time, but so do what I call the three C's, uh, Cleome Cosmos and our our friend Celosia. All of those are are good. You can also do... um, for example, the amaranths are going to be beautiful at this time of the year. There's, there's quite a few. If there, as long as it's something that you could have planted in June or even late May, you can plant it again. What we're looking at at this time of the year for flowers as well as vegetables is the fact that the first frost date makes a difference and you count back from there. She's in Madison, so generally speaking, that's about mid-November if it happens then, but it's about mid-November. So you certainly, if you have something that takes 60 days, you want to get it in the ground by about the first part of September at least. So there's plenty of time to do these things. And it's absolutely wonderful to go ahead and be planting some more flowers. Um, I have had two people text me about the leaf-footed bugs. They want to know why they're called the leaf-footed bugs. I don't really know, but if you look at them, if, if, if you look at them, they have paddles for feet, and that's Probably why, because their their feet it, they look kind of like duck feet, kind of like ginkgo leaves, and so they have that sort of leaf quality. That's all. I, I don't really know, but that's that's what I'm telling you, because that's the only thing I've ever heard. Somebody also have to look it up for me. On the subject of eating more fruit and uh, keeping depression at bay, with still the question: Do you eat more fruit? And it keeps depression at bay, or are you feeling better so you eat more fruit? Uh, it, it's kind of a stumbler, but you have to figure that both of those things do go together. And it's not eating a whole lot of fruit at once. It's eating fruit regularly. Okay, pay attention to that. Uh, my banana a day turns out to look like a pretty good thing. But that is negated by the University of Georgia's study that says it needs to be brightly colored fruit and vegetables. So, okay, Georgia peach, all right, we can go with, but those ones that are real red on the outside and white on the inside, that's not such a good one, to, such a great choice. Women tend to live longer than men. We all know that. Um, but we also tend to have more illnesses. Um, for those of you who aren't aware of this, it, it is, in fact, true. Women tend to get sick. Men tend to die. And it, it's just the fact at a certain point. Um One of the studies that they have just done at the University of Georgia suggests that the higher rates of females having illnesses is part about the improving our diet. A lot of stuff goes to what you eat, you know. I mean, you are what you eat, all these things, what goes in, you know, all those sorts of things do make a lot of sense. But let's face it, particularly women who have children that they are also feeding, you eat the leftovers, okay? Mama doesn't necessarily make a plate for herself. She waits until after everybody eats and then finishes up what's there. This is not sloppy. This is not crummy mothering. This is the practical world that we live in, okay? So if we're going to go to the other side of it and look at a more proactive way to take care of our diet, maybe we just need to be feeding our families more brightly covered, colored vegetables and brightly colored fruits. They don't eat them. Then we get to <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a bad joke. But it's also very true. We're talking about kale. We're talking about oranges. We're talking about bell peppers. We're talking about all of the brightly colored foods that one can eat in addition to the watermelons, you know, and and, and, and grapes and things that are red grapes particularly that are so beautiful. These are things that all help to ameliorate 
basic health problems, basic disease problems. Um, don't think of them as pigmented carotenoids. Think of them as carrots and beets, okay? You don't have to try to be too scientific about it, but just look at what color you're eating. For example, um, macular degeneration is one of the things that is, is indicative of something that is with women because we have, we have it more than men do. Um, it's just there are several things that are like that. And if we can ameliorate those with a little bit of brightly colored fruit and vegetable, then it's not going to hurt. Nothing solve everything. I'm not saying it does, but I'm saying that they've got good research to tell us about the ways that this particular process can help. Okay, why not? We need to have a little bit of a little bit more um, a little bit more concern for what <clears throat> we're actually having. Now, I don't know about you, but I have found that in a, in mixing my potting soil recipe, which I really love to do. At this time of the year, I tend to put a little bit more compost manure in it, or I tend to put a little bit something else that's going to keep things a little bit damper. I don't want the the pellets. I don't want to put in, you know, water holding polymers, simply because I have too much water in in my environment already. But I do like to mix a slightly denser mix for the fall, so that it doesn't have to be watered twice a day. Just a tip, something to think about. Mabel in Jackson, welcome in, my friend. What's on your mind? Uh, I've got a little swimming pool that I want to put some plants in, mm-hmm. and I want to know what kind of uh, part, what kind of soil I need to put in it, and what and fertilizer I need to put in it. Okay. And what plants can I put in? It? Well, is it one of those that's about six inches deep? Yes, deep. Okay. I would use your favorite um, potting mix, but I would mix it. Break it up with a little bit of soil conditioner or something. You don't just have to dump a bag of potting soil in there. You can use something that's going to be a little bit less. I would also want you to poke holes in the bottom of it so it can drain. Okay, now would I set it, set it up on a, on some bricks so the water can drain out? You can. That would be super. If you can do that, that would be great. Okay. And at this time of year, um, do you want to plant flowers or vegetables? Vegetables. Okay. I'm going to be putting in first squash. Um, there, there are several things that can go right now. Bush beans can go in right now. You're in, in central Mississippi in Jackson, so you can plant both of those things. Squash and beans are just two of the things. Um, but you can still put in cucumber. You can even, if you like spaghetti squash, there's still time for that. If you've got room for the vine to go out, you know, out of the pond, out of the pool and out onto the yard. But at this time, I'm going to be doing um, some some bush beans and some squash and probably some cucumber. Yeah, I got that. My daughter put some, got some uh, plants out there, cucumber plants. Good. Super. Uh, uh, I, I, I big the plants ought to be because she said they up. It depends on the variety, but if it's one that climbs, it'll probably be, you know, it'll need like a tomato cage to grow in. Okay. Uh, okay. Well. Uh, Sounds great. Uh, look, the, the, um, what kind of fertilizer? I could Whatever you use on your on 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 vegetables. I'm I like to mix something in the soil so that I don't have to remember to you know mix up something else all the time. But they can take any kind of vegetable food. Okay, That'll mix be great. it. In. Mix it. Mix some in the soil, but you're still gonna have to apply a little bit to the plants too. Um, every other week or so, something like that. Okay. And uh, what about tomatoes? Did you say tomatoes? It's time for tomatoes if you can get some plants or if you've got some left over. Um, but if you want to start seeds, hurry up. <laughs> because they, they, 
Yeah, if you want to start the seed, you're going to have to hurry up and get the get them going for next. Uh, put them out next month. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I can't wait to see it. That sounds great. We do use just about anything, you know, to to plant in, and uh, swimming pool little you know kids swimming pools are not at the least not a bit of a problem. It's an, another thing to tell you that you can also do this um, in. If you want to put your container plants in there and put water in it when you go on vacation, that's always a good idea, too. Is it too late to plant bush beans? Um, I don't know. If you're in Greenwood, no, you're good. But I'm not sure where you are. But in, in anywhere central Mississippi and north, actually, oh, come on, let's be wild. Yes. The answer is just yes. Plant them. Go for it. Ray's got new grapes and strawberries. Um <laughs> In a wine portion. <laughs> yes, we can make those count as a fruit. Absolutely. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> Stick around. We got more to go on weekend gardening. We move along. Keep singing our song. Straight through your heart like a cannonball. sounds so good you can almost taste it like bluebell strawberry lemonade ice cream delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon flavored flakes it's better than you can imagine the good old days local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Anthony was working a dead-end job. I was surviving, but I wasn't getting ahead anymore. A friend told him about my computer career. She's like, I'm already in the program. She's like, you'd be crazy if you don't do it. So I jumped right in and have not regretted it. Anthony did it all online. All you got to do is have an internet connection, and you can do it. Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at mycomputercareer.edu. You need to check out my computer career. If it worked for me, it'll definitely work for you, too. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. President Biden has called for Congress to vote on legalizing abortion nationwide, saying Americans need to send more politicians to support abortion to Washington. Mississippi's trigger law banning abortions, except in cases of rape or to preserve the life of the mother, went into effect July 7th. Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch says the Mississippi case that led to the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and return the power to regulate abortions back to the states goes no further than that. 
You saw the other side numerous times discuss that this opinion spoke to contraception and banning of contraception. And it also spoke to same-sex relationships and marriages. And in fact, it did not at all. And it very clearly says this case, this opinion only addresses abortion. A Harvard-Harris poll released last week found that 72% of Americans support banning most abortions from 15 weeks onward. Sounds so good, you can almost taste it. Like Bluebell Strawberry Lemonade Ice Cream. Delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon-flavored flakes. It's better than you can imagine. The good old days are being your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. The legislature budgeted extra money for MDOT this year, something Central District Transportation Commissioner Willie Simmons is thankful for. They gave us $204 million. Uh, of that, $35 million was put in for capacity projects, another $40 million for maintenance, and then $30 million for our match for the new money that we want to get coming down from the state government, I mean, from the federal government. And they gave us $100 million for the emergency road bridge programs. He says a lot of Mississippians think MDOT is flush with federal money. But in reality, the Department of Transportation is only going to get about $962 million over the next five years of the new money. And with inflation at record levels, the money they are getting won't go as far as it used to. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. College football for 2022 is less than two months away, and earlier this month, the USC and UCLA jumped ship, leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, and there was belief that the SEC could be looking at adding a couple more teams other than Texas and Oklahoma to outpace the Big Ten. However, it doesn't sound like yet based on this week's reports that the conference leaders are interested in further expansion right now. The SEC is happy with what they have. According to one SEC athletic director, we're positioned at 16 teams for a robust future, and that's just what we like. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports was able to confirm the Saturday Down Sports report that the SEC is staying put at 16 teams. There had been rumors the SEC was looking to add teams like Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, Miami, or even extending to the West Coast at Oregon. The conference will add Oklahoma and Texas in a couple of years. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I-, I think he's having a nightmare. 
No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. With realignment in college football's headlines right now, another thing that comes to mind is the rivalries that may be involved, as rivalries have become a major part of college football and deciding factors for its expansion. One of the biggest reasons the USC wanted to unite with UCLA in this move to the Big Ten was to keep the rivalry alive between those two as well for the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum. And a similar concept in the SEC with additions of Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River Showdown, considered by some to be the greatest rivalry in college football. When looking at an average revenue and sold-out crowds, adding the duo to the SEC only makes sense in terms of the profit for the conference. Now, divisions are likely to come to an end in the conference by the time the Longhorns and Sooners arrive. Before the Trojans and Bruins depart for the Big Ten, the Pac-12 moved to a division-less football schedule for 2022. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. My goodness, what a beautiful day. Everything but the coconut cake came to me for my birthday, and I'm going to bake that myself. So just thank you for all your wishes. You're so kind to me. I appreciate it more than I can even begin to tell you. Y'all, y'all make it fun to have a birthday. Here's what's going on. It's the middle of the summer. There are places around the world, northern latitudes, deep south latitudes where they're just now beginning to pick their beans and they're so excited to show off their first hydrangea flower. Here in the south, we're in the middle of all of it. In fact, we're about to start up again. So if you got something you want to talk about, you got something you want to grow, this is the place to bring that conversation. 888 is the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. Y'all are always very kind to heat that up. Um, I don't know that I needed to know this, but it is interesting. University of Kansas is letting us know that for some reason or another, they decided they needed to study the gene, the genetic makeup, the genes of scrub jays. There's actually two of them, two different ones. Who knew? One in Mexico and one in Texas. They are actually independent species. Now, the reason I make kind of a joke about that is because this is not something that people would necessarily be interested in unless you're a birder or unless you happen to live in one of those places and are just curious about what's around you. However, when it comes to untangling the categories, the nomenclature, the parts and genes, yes, the genomic makeup of all of this, 
it is important because it it informs our knowledge and gives us more to understand and more to work with when it comes to the ones that might be closer to us. For example, their cousins, the Blue Jays. The Scrub Jays are common in the Western um, <laughs> They're common backyard birds. These are always such funny remarks. I read this the other day and laughed out loud. I'm trying not to now. They're similar to the blue jays that take the peanuts from your feeder. Now, we we don't put peanuts necessarily in our feeders, but we do appreciate the blue jays, and we often, many people here, have um, have, have, have blue jays and, and, and appreciate them in the yard, sometimes Sometimes more than other times, very very smart birds. There's no question about that. They um, that this is the if you've ever known anybody that actually knew where all the things were in their house that they've been there for thirty, forty, fifty years, and even so they can walk right to that drawer and open it. And there's the pencils. They're the jays of your life. The jays have such spatial memory quality that they can literally hide seeds today and know where they are even though they hit them in six different places last week it's really a great quality according to this of course they um kansas university collected the scrub jays decades ago and they finally have had a chance to take a look at them the population of scrub jays in texas was really not quite as distinctive as they hoped it would be, but it is still different enough from the Mexican one to be a different plant, a different bird. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the screen. Mary's writing, is it too late in Canton to plant pumpkins? Um, kind of depends on what you want. It, there's, this is, this is the, the, t- we're, we're really too late to plant great big Halloween pumpkins. But there are some varieties that you can find in seeds that make smaller pumpkins. Sometimes the baking pumpkins, um, have a, a and if you're actually just looking to decorate from Thanksgiving through Christmas, this is a good time to plant those. But it's too late to get the big ones. They take it literally 120 days from seed, if not more. So it's it's we do that at the beginning of June, same time. Beginning of July is okay, but the, by the fifteenth, we're kind of running into that wall. This is the time when we we could still plant them. We could still plant loofahs. We could still plant the other gourds that we like, but it's going to be a little iffy on the tail end. One of the things that happens, of course, in fall is that. It may not be freezing yet, but growing conditions do change and the temperatures get a little cooler and things don't grow as fast or don't mature as fast, don't ripen as fast. So that's that's good news if you're trying to hold them. But on the other hand, if you're trying to get them ready for Halloween, mm, it's going to be kind of tough, going to be kind of tough. I don't know if I wanted to even know that this happens. Sometimes... We- Sometimes science tells us stuff that we may not want to know. Um, there's there's too much good about fleas. I hate to tell you this. <laughs> they are persistent. They are a pain. They are not just troubling. They're clever. Very clever. Who knew? They can even defend themselves against carnivorous plants. What? Yep, that's right. Water fleas are the masters of figuring that out, making the dodge. You know, um, 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 the, the, in, in basketball, there's always that head shake, you know, so that you, you can make the, thing, the, the, the person on the other side think you're going left when you're actually going right. All of those things are working for water fleas. They slim, swim more slowly. And they actually develop spines in the presence of, yep, 
That's right, bladder warts, the things that can eat them. Both mechanisms make it more difficult for the carnivorous plant to get them, okay? If they're moving fast, they're an easier catch. Apparently, they don't have the ability to dodge as well, and they're better able to dodge if they're going a little bit slower because they're more in control, and then they also are sprouting these spines. So both of those things are great. Why does this work? Because this, the, the bladder warts, the, the utricularias, or the name of those plants, they're motion sensitive. They're the motion detectors of the, of the plant world. They literally grab their prey in just milliseconds, and it's gone. They've, ate, they've eaten it. So if there are, if the, if the prey is moving more slowly, the water fleas, that's one thing. And if they are spiked, that's another thing. So that helps them survive. It's, not something I like. Okay, me and fleas are not friends, and I always like to see carnivorous plants succeed. So, how about that? Water fleas that came under more stress just developed more adaptations, too, by the way. So, that's not necessarily good news. <laughs> In the newsletter this week, I wrote um, most of the information that next week will there be, will be more about fall gardening, and I wanted to make sure this hour I include for you to mark your calendar for August 13 and August 20th. I will be at Lakeland Yard and Garden at 11 a.m. Um, talking about fall gardening. We're going to have some fun. It'll be it'll be a real good time. You'll hear more about it. And if you're in my social media world, you'll get more about it than possibly you, know, you can't. You won't be able to forget. But mark your calendars. Um, I think this year. As much as any and perhaps more, people want to grow fall vegetables. And getting the information that you want about it, finding out things that work, talking to people that have done it before, isn't always easy. So I'm going to make it as easy as I possibly can. I've got several ideas. There are things that people just don't know. Here's one. Parsley is not a summer crop. Now, that being said, I have a pot full of beautiful parsley right now. I have one that's full of... Uh, flat leaf and one that's full of curly parsley. The curly parsley is actually still bright green and quite edible. I keep it in the shade in the summer. Okay. But the other one is actually a butterfly nest now. <laughs> there's, there's there's chrysalis. There's very little parsley left, but there'll be swallowtails, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. So, though, But those are things that we plant now to get into our gardens for the fall. Cilantro is the same way. And if you really want to grow super-duper dill, this is also a great time to start those seeds. So if you're thinking about those things, that's just something else that you might not know about that you can start that we really prefer to grow in the fall, even up to and including in the colder weather. So it's, a, it's just something else to, to put into your hat as a, a thing to consider. Next week, I will be away. Tim Burris, that gardening guy, will be here. And I'm happy to tell you that you will enjoy that very, very much. Those of you who know him already will be looking forward to it. And those of you who don't know him will be pleasantly pleased. It will be a fun show. I'm, I'm going to be away, and then I'll be back. So not to worry. I got to tell y'all, this This is, every now and then I read something and I think, I don't know anything about this. I need to read more before I can even talk about it. So I went down what we fondly refer to in the Internet as the rabbit hole this week, studying manatees at the Panama Canal. 
That's right. What? How did I do this? Well, the Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute is known for sending me down similar paths where I have to go read something else and then read something else and then read something else. And I really do love this. More than 50 years ago, a group of manatees from Bocas del Toro was flown into Gatun Lake. Okay. Gatun Lake is the lake that was built along with the Panama Canal. In the uh, the idea, of course, you have because you have to have water sources next to something like the canal to, to help it adjust its height and do all of those things for it. So, they in the mid '60s, they um, after they got their operations going, they discovered that there were aquatic plants, um, too many water hyacinths, for example, um, too much mosquitoes. They, they really wanted the the manatees to do the job there that they had done in Guyana which was a really helpful, you know, here in in our country, we basically have to try to preserve the manatees because we run into them with our boats and don't really take advantage of what all they can do. But they are really brilliant at this kind of management of water space. And so they had been already been tested this way in Guyana. The first one flown to the Panama Canal, however, was not from the Caribbean as had been expected. All right. It was a non-native Amazonian manatee from Peru. Guy had to have a passport, right? Nine other ones were transported from the Bocas del Toro province in northwestern Panama, which was the point. They took them in cargo planes, C-47s. I would have loved to have seen that. Anyway, um, the first two were females, and that leads a problem because they hope for a few. I mean, it's a, a solution. Hopefully, they would be able to make their own population. But they brought in some other, the Monatus Monatus, and so we ended up with this kind of stew of manatees. And the result is that they didn't all act the same and they didn't all get along. So over 50 years later, we have now seen this was became it became called Manatee Lagoon because there's so many manatees at that point. There were eleven by the end of nineteen sixty five and they're they've not decreased. They've increased considerably since that time. But fifty years later in twenty twenty, all this seems to be going along fine. However, they found the Pacific side, the West Locks on the Pacific side of the isthmus, they found a manatee. And they promoted, you know, boat searches and aerial searches and looking for things. This is one of those things where I think drones could be so helpful. This is not necessarily the question that we wanted to be answering. Um, if if we have the Antillean manatees crossed the into the entered the Eastern Pacific Ocean, crossed the canal and entered there, we don't know. They think so, and they 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 realized, of course, that they're bringing the manatees there to control the aquatic plant problem was not really a great idea as it turned out all they did was just make more manatees and eventually they hoped that they would make enough to make an impact but they didn't but still it's a really difficult situation the answer is possibly yes since 1977 there have been many sightings reported we just still have not found one to be able to put a tag on it and be able to understand which one it is and where they're going so if you're looking for a science fiction fantasy novel plot today I think the arrival of manatees in the Pacific Ocean gives you a lot of material. Raising Clinton on the text line. If we buy, this is a good question. If we buy lawn furniture, 
I'm sorry. If we buy lawn fertilizer, I'm looking at his furniture. If we buy lawn fertilizer on sale at this time of the year, will it still be good next season? Yes, if. Yes, if. First of all, you get yourself a plastic, because you're going to open it and use it probably, right? Even if you're not, the bag will decompose in some way or another. The best way to keep it from getting damaged by water or by direct sunlight or any of the other things that can happen to fertilizer is to put the bag inside of a plastic trash can and put the top on it. Not with trash, a a separate can that you mark for this and keep it separately. But yes, as long as you store them properly, there shouldn't be any degradation or any loss of, of power for that particular fertilizer. I think that'll be fine. I have been um, asked by several people if I'm going to be on the road this fall. And as I've told you, I'll be at Lakeland Yard and Garden in August for two Saturdays um, to talk about fall vegetable gardening. But if you're interested in bringing me somewhere this fall, do get in touch because, yes, we're we're booking those events now. Um, I will tell you that with the resurgence of the pandemic issues and the new variants and one thing and another, you'll probably see me in a mask, not because anybody told me I have to do that, but because I'm old, <laughs> because I don't want you to breathe on me, and I don't want to breathe on you. I might bring something you don't have already, okay? So let's just keep our distance and enjoy each other's company, and we will have a wonderful, wonderful fall, I promise. When we're outside, it's a little bit different, but I still... Um, I still don't think we should necessarily um, plan to be, shall we say, in each other's arms on the swing. If we're outside, we might we might need to be across the table. That's but that's mostly because of my age. And yes, we do have a problem, folks. Y'all got it. If you're not paying attention to it, you know somebody right now that has COVID. I, I know several people. So anyway. What else is going on in the garden this week? You know, I'm I'm thinking already about fall because I'm thinking about fall planting and fall gardening, and I'm I'm ready. I'm put out some beans this week. I've you know got several other things going on, but when I think about fall gardening, I think about spinach and I think about strawberries, and neither one of those are anything we can do anything about right now. Well, if you needed to make a, a garden spot that was pH neutral, if you knew that you had a very acid soil and you want to grow spinach this fall in it, you would need to put some lime in it and let it work its magic to to change the pH to a more neutral profile. But other than that, might order some seed, you know, but that's that's about it. I am looking, and if you are interested, please get in touch with me, um, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com if you don't happen to get into the text line or the phone today. But I'm I'm looking for folks that want strawberries for the fall because I always like to order some, and when I have done that before, I've always had more people than I had strawberries. So I'm going to try and get enough for everybody this time. Let me know if you're interested in growing strawberries. We plant them in October. All right. Spinach is September. Pansies and strawberries are both October in central Mississippi. That's zone eight. Okay. Okay. Write all that stuff down. And by the way, we probably need to go down to the river here for a minute with Catfish John. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Well, the sweet magnolia blossom Cotton fields were white as snow Catfish John was a river hobo Lived and died 
Delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon-flavored flakes. It's better than you can imagine. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. long we're celebrating the red white and blue at must of jackson that's right we're celebrating your freedom to shop and save big on an amazing selection of monsters every car suv and crossover in stock is priced to move plus we're offering low interest rates that will save you thousands for example get super low 1.9 percent financing for 36 months on most 2022 monsters that's right 1.9 percent financing on almost every 2022 mazda buy a new mazda and mazda of jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you shop right now at mazdaofjackson.com Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. So come celebrate the red, white, and blue, and save big while doing so, only at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. Approved credit like model. See for details. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. 
Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. I think uh, I think the person that wrote me about this last week had just begun listening to the program. Said, "Did I hear Booker T in the MGs? Does anybody even play that anymore?" <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and yes, that's grooving. And you, most of the things. Most of the things that you hear from Booker T, some of them are original compositions, but most of the ones that you remember are things like this that have, that are covers of other people's music because his take on things is just so individual, it's so brilliant. It, 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 those of us who are big fans are just big fans forever. <laughs> no question about that. Uh, yes, I go to Hattiesburg. Yes, I go to Laurel whenever I'm invited. There's enough of that right there. Call the station in Hattiesburg. Ask them when they're going to bring me down there. Give them something to think about. (laughs) And thank you for the invitation. I appreciate that. Listen now, the species of trees that we have are under pressure. You may have seen over time, my goodness, the spruce forest in the West, you know, and it is, it's monoculture. It's like anything else. If If it's all the same thing, it's going to have a rough go at times. And indeed, this studying practically 50,000 tree species, they're seriously under pressure, and most of them are poorly protected. Now, if we have anything to celebrate, it is that we're getting better and better over time at using areas that where conservation is being practiced to ameliorate these conditions, to bring the tree species into life again, to, to life again in greater numbers that allow us for that. Trees, of course, are very important in the ecosystem, both for us, for the critters that live there, and for the other plants that they may provide shade to or, or whatever, you know, um, open up an area to allow things to grow on the ground, all of these things that, that are in the the tree world. Um, this is Arthas University, and they are working on mapping the Earth's tree species. This, my friends, is a lot of work. Um Half the distribution of each tree species is in landscapes without any protection. In other words, so half of them are more vulnerable than the other half. It would be, it's, I don't want to, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to disagree with this particular analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's as if half of our cars didn't have seatbelts. All right. I think we've pretty much come to the understanding that seatbelts are a good thing. Don't argue with me because I'll I will cite you chapter and verse and take you down. So don't argue with me about that. But it's also true that the diversity of plants is is important to us both physically as well as emotionally. And in this case, trying to get all of these things together to understand the world database on protected areas. If half our tree species have no chance at being protected and another half of them are vulnerable, well. We got to do something. We certainly don't want to end up with monoculture trees, 
and we certainly don't want to live without shade, much less everything else that the trees give us. It's very important stuff. I am so tickled sometimes by the way that research falls into my email box. And this was long before Google or anybody else may have, you know, have an algorithm that, I don't know. The other day I was thinking about window shades. Didn't say it out loud at all. Opened up and there's suddenly there's a window shade ad in my Facebook. I was like, wait a minute. But I, I'm not going to disagree with all of that. I will say, though, that in this particular case, We've got a couple of stories that are fascinating to me. We understand that the Andean glaciers, all right, those are the ones in Peru in the Andes Mountains. They do have glaciers there, if you're not aware of that. Theirs are indeed melting in the same way that we look at the dramatic melting in the Atlantic, the northern Atlantic. This is, of course, the the Pacific. It's the the eastern, the Western Pacific for us. Well, for us, it's the Eastern Pacific, but for the, the rest of the world, the whole idea is, What's going on on that side? We understand, um, we understand, you know, problems that are happening. We we measure the other glaciers, but this is really a study being published in Nature magazine, Nature Journal. This is so dramatic. They're experiencing those glaciers in the tropical mountains are experiencing the same impact from the drivers of changing climate as the ones in the polar regions of Antarctica and the ones in the northern hemisphere. In other words, it isn't any different. They're, as they measure the data, they take the numbers, they make the calculations, they're losing at the same rate. That's not something that we had predicted. We had, in fact, seen models that showed us it wouldn't be quite as bad. But, in fact, by studying ice core records as well as weather data, we're now understanding that despite the variations in solar radiation in these two hemispheres, the glacier changes are happening at the same time. That's something to think about. And it's also a reason why, you know, when your grandson comes and says, I've decided I'm going to go and study the Andean glaciers, you'll actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the Super Talk call line. The ceasefire text line is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes, I got a haircut. I got a note. Um, someone's watching the video, and I don't. You didn't pin it up today. You're, no, I didn't. I got it cut. It's shorter. See, it's also grayer. Yes, I know that. Thank you for telling me. Appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, in addition to the glaciers performing the same as the eastern, as the, the the northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere working on the same thing, and understanding, of course, that if we don't protect trees, we're going to lose them. All right, that brings me to this particular bit of information that has come to us from the Alfred Wegener Institute, Helmholtz Center for Polar and Marine Research. These people do this a lot. All right, it's a whole group of people reporting in scientific reports, but those are the two lead investigating units. There are, every time you hear anybody talk about the whaling, back when when we hunted whales to a greater extent, to a great extent, I should say, um, we we were as human beings pretty happy when we found other ways to get whale oil and other things because we had just about hunted them out of existence. And in fact, they have been hunted. The bigger the whale, the the bigger the result, the bigger the reward. So human beings basically have hunted the blue whales, which are the largest, and the fin whales, which are the second largest in the world, hunted them out just about to near extinction. 
Now, for those of you who were not alive before 1976, you don't know that the whaling ban that went into place in 1976 was hugely controversial. You might think, oh, well, okay, that was a good idea. Oh, no, no, there were a lot of people, there was a big whaling industry, particularly in Asia, that did not want anything to do with this. But we had our own issues. The good news is that because it has been quite a few years now since 1976 and since we stopped hunting whales and decimating their population, we are now reporting videos and photos of large groups. This is another case where, thank goodness, we've got drones. I know you've all been watching the uh, the juvenile sharks around the people in the paddle boards in Southern California. And for those of you who already thought Southern California was something had something wrong with it, it probably only confirms that people would actually go out on a paddle board now that we've seen that there's young sharks there. But they're not a threat. They're, they're, that's not the threat, okay? Big sharks are the threat. When it comes to whales, we've always been a bigger threat to them. And so by the hunting and whatnot that we did, and the, frankly, the lowering amounts of krill, which is what they eat, of course, have been very, very difficult. Right now, we're looking at more thin whales feeding in the same place where their ancestors fed. In other words, the krill population is back up. And this is so very exciting. Massive groups feeding. That is conservation at its best. Now, for those of you who think, well, why in the world do we need fin whales anyway? Because they're the top of the food chain. All right. If we don't have all the elements of the food chain going on in the ocean, on the land, probably in space, too. I don't know. I'm not there yet. But if we don't have all of the pieces in place, the whole thing comes apart. And we end up with other predators developing that are not as efficient. That are There's just all kinds of things that happen when we undo this particular world. Um, th- just to let you know, from in, in, in 2018, they were able to find 50, 70 fin whales, but now their numbers have exploded to 150 in that area. That's really very exciting. Very, very exciting. I know that when it comes to pickling, everybody has a different attitude. I'm pickling radishes this weekend. Not a whole lot of them. I just ran into a particularly beautiful bunch of radishes. Um, Clearly, I don't grow radishes in the summertime in Zone 8, but that's another thing that I will be planting when it gets to September because they can be harvested about a month after you put them into the soil. That, of course, gives you several crops through the year and in fact in those areas where radishes are a summer crop you know this is when their peak is happening there's a lot of radishes so they were cheap and i thought that's a mighty big bunch of radishes what am i going to do with all that well came home put a couple in a salad with some tomatoes that was great but now i'm going to pickle the rest of them this afternoon And that led me down another one of those, oh, my goodness, how many things are there? What's in my pantry? Um, How many of this or that am I going to be able to get and put in there? And it turns out, of course, that peppercorns and vinegar are pretty good. Now, there's other choices. I can put in some salt. I can put in, you know, there's, there's other things to put into a pickling. But I want to encourage you, if you have an abundance of something, if you run into a good deal, why not? For example, someone the other day sent me a note and said that they they heard me talking about I was at somewhere talking about asparagus and um she said I've always said I was going to do this and I finally did. She took the ends of the asparagus that you don't eat that you know when they're they're hard and made broth out of them 
and then started from there and constructed eventually um, a cream of asparagus soup that was very hearty because it had that heavier part of the plant in it. Well, I think that's a great idea. I'm probably not going to do that one, but I will pickle the radishes. Now, how do we know, how, how, how do you stop yourself from thinking things that you don't want to think? Okay? Um there's a certain point of view that says, well, if I just don't pay any attention to it, I won't have to think about it. That's out there. It's not always healthy. But when we're trying to avoid an unwanted thought, people do reactively just reject it. You know, um, the car, my air conditioner is broken in my truck, for example. I can't manage the fix for it right now, and it's really hot. So I've changed to where I only drive early in the morning and in the evening because it's too hot to park the truck anywhere and come back and get in it. Well, what is that all about? What's wrong with me? Well, I've obviously controlled the unwanted thought, which is I can't go get the truck fixed right now. All right? We do that. That's what we tend to do. But if we would proactively avoid an association in the first place, we would probably be better off. Example in the in the case of the truck, of course, it would be that if I just could go either either figure out what's wrong with it and fix it, or probably if I could just plan a little bit better and go in the middle of the day and park in the shade. All right, there's just there's all kinds of ways around stuff, but you have to be more proactive about it. If you're just being reactive, then you may have more of these unwanted thoughts. Trying to stop things after you start thinking them is pretty tough. And that's how we get into some obsessive places in our head. It's how we 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 start worrying about I'll give you one that I don't worry about too much, but I could. I have a 15-year-old cat. I enjoy his company. Wonder how much longer he'll be around. I can't do anything about it. I mean, I can obviously help with his health and his food and whatnot, but you can't ultimately determine these things. And that could make me very, very sad and very depressed. I would have to eat lots of fruit if you heard the other story. I would have to be having that watermelon every day. So in this particular study, the researchers worked on about less than 100, about 80 English-speaking adults to try and make new associations with words that will direct them in a different way. Based on the reaction times and how effective people were at generating the new associations, they were able to say that the reactive control can be very problematic because first you have to get over having thought that, oh, my cat could die. That's my thought. And then you have to start thinking, well, maybe if I don't let him go out as often, if I keep him inside, you know, all the things I could do proactively to help him stay alive a little bit longer. That's the same sort of stuff that we apply to everything. And in fact, how we control these unwanted thoughts is part of controlling our reactions both to one another as well as to our old cats. (laughs) Any of those things. And I'm not being a cold person. I'm really not. But I recognize that a 15-year-old cat's not going to live forever. So you do have to think about it, but if you put it at the top of your head, it's just like, is my tomato plant going to make fruit? Well, what can you do about that? You can do all the right things, but you still don't know, okay? You still don't know. I know what I know. It's going to be a scorcher for the next week or so here in the Deep South. I'll be going out early and late. You probably should, too, even if you do have an air conditioner. Come on now. It's summer in the city. This is Weekend Gardening. It'll be all right and late. Don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like
spent the night in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. Cool town, meeting in the city, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat, looking for a kitty, gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, and dance all night. Just like the need, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the night. Welcome to day four of digging safety class. It says here we're talking post holes. Yes, before you dig one, call 811. For a post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude. Not so cool. I hit an electrical line. And I thought you were trying to be hip. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. A paper boat won't float for very long, and naive optimism won't sustain us either. Whoever said the Bible offers paper boat optimism hasn't read it. The Bible tells us we are helpless as a shipwreck, and then it gives you a rescue beacon. Hear Dr. Michael Ziegler's message, 18 Hours in the Ocean, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Join us each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Brought to you by Our Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1799 Clinton Raymond Road in Clinton. Were you exposed to hazardous materials while serving in the military and have an illness or condition as a result? If so, you may be eligible for VA benefits and services. Whether you need health care or want to file a disability compensation claim related to military exposures, VA is here to help. Visit va.gov forward slash military dash exposures to learn more and apply today. You served your country. Now let VA serve you. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. 
Want to kill bugs like the pros do? Now you can with Maggie's Farm. Created by pest control professionals, Maggie's Farm plant and mineral-based products provide amazingly effective insect control. Ants, roaches, spiders, flies, mosquitoes, you name it, we kill it. All of our plant-based products are safe to use around children and pets and won't leave behind a messy, oily residue like some other products. Maggie's Farm. Lethal to bugs. Easy on the planet. Look for Maggie's Farm at your favorite retail store or at maggiesfarmproducts.com. Baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis. No matter what your game is, defense matters. Same thing goes for COVID-19. Help protect yourself with a booster shot. Now recommended for people five years and older. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible following completion of your primary series. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. A botanical garden. What do you look at first? Do you look at the trees? Do you look at the shrubs? Do you look at the annual plantings that are inevitably out there? Or, like me, do you always want to go see what's in the conservatory? Go look in the back. See what's under the bench. Check out all those pieces and parts. Some of that is why we are gardeners, because we like to go look. We're going to look at all of it. We're going to check it all out. But I, I still remember the first time I ever went to a garden that was made for scent and texture. It was intended for people who were um, not sighted and, and could still, you know, who obviously were still going to enjoy outdoors. It's just in a different way. And to be able to walk through the rosemaries and all the things that, that were planted there that were tactile and also very odiferous gave me a different perspective about gardening. I have been interested in how everybody experiences their gardens um, and I find that in my own life, the more shade, the better. I have wasn't always like that. I always felt like I needed a bigger sp- expanse of uh, full sun, and I still want some. But I have to tell you that shade gardening is a delight. And in that regard, in terms of the perennials that you're going to probably see advertised, you may or may not be able to buy them locally. But if you see hellebores and uh, things like that, spigelas and stuff that's going to grow in the shade in the perennial category... Yes, don't plant them now. Go ahead and order them because that's when they're available. But you're going to want to keep them, things like that, that are actually better growing. They're, even even Louisiana iris because they're they're a little bit on the dormant side now. They, they all kick off in September, this group. So that's the things that you'd want to hold on to and plant then. So it's another form of fall gardening, but it's something you kind of have to get ready for because you may or may not be able to go just walk out to the garden center and buy those plants when it comes time to put them in the ground. I am a purple sea urchin fan. Um, I love to go. I love to, I'm not. I'm not a scuba diver by any means, but I really do like to go to aquariums and and look at videos and whatnot. And I'm. I've always been intrigued by how just magnificently beautiful sea urchins can be. There are um, several different kinds, as it turns out, but the purple ones are the ones that I have always thought were so pretty. And 
I don't know why they're not. They may not even be the most beautiful, but to me, they're they're just great. And I have been fascinated by this story. University of California, Santa Barbara studies everything off their coast there, and that includes the kelp forests. And yes, they are forests. Okay, so you're thinking about the rise in, in popularity of, of seaweed products and sushis and all of these other things that we use it use kelp for. But we don't always think about the threats to the kelp because they do seem like they've been there forever. And frankly, human beings have been harvesting them forever. So how come in some places the purple sea urchins just decimate the kelp forest? This obviously goes to how productive the area can be for kelp farmers, for one thing. But it also makes an intriguing study about the urchins themselves. Um, we always consider that when anything consumes all of its own food source, there's something happening to the species. It's not going to be too good because, well, what's next, you know? And in this case, what they have learned, even as far back as the 1980s, there were some kelp sites that were just completely decimated. Ordinarily, this kelp grows really fast and it sheds a whole lot of material onto the floor of the water where they, floor of the, you know, the water where they are. And that's what the urchins, generally speaking, eat is the stuff that sort of falls on them. But if there's not enough of that, then it turns out the urchins actually get together and become like grasshoppers and just mow down the kelp forest. Well, that's bad news for the kelp farmers, and it's not too good for them either because then they don't have anything to eat. So how are they going to deal with this, and what are they going to do about it? Um, there's there's red and purple urchins. Red ones don't do so much damage, but the purple ones really do maraud through the kelp forest, and the kelp and the urchins should be able to live together, and generally speaking, do. But when the when there's not enough biomass for them to consume, they have to consume something. A healthy kelp forest is incredibly productive. For people who farm kelp, it is something that literally is sustainable and goes on for generations. But this giant algae stuff sheds its parts. It loses fronds, loses blades. That's natural and normal because it grows more. And it drops its blades constantly. So there's a lot for the urchins to eat, and they, in fact, are the cleanup crew. But in an ideal world, they would take some of it and put it aside, you know, and and and, and keep it. That's not how this works. They consume what they eat, what they can have found right then and there. So most of the time when things are working, the urchin is actually kind of camouflaged, and it just you know, grabs the kelp scraps with its tubular feet that you've seen. But when there's not anything there, they have to come out and forage, and that's when they become in they become large groups. I don't know the collective noun for them, but in in case of um, of the urchins, it, it would be a bunch of them at one time, and that of course causes more urchins to show up, and that in turn is a, what's called a feedback loop. If you've never understood that term, this is a really good ex- expression of it. The urchins eat the kelp. The kelp gets eaten, so there's more urchins and less kelp and more urchins, and it just feedback, feeds back on itself. There's a lot of concern about it. They can coexist. They're not doing so well at the moment in some places, and as we find out ways to make that work better, we will continue to have better and more kelp. How do you feel about shapeshifters, my friends? <laughs> you may or may not want me to leave you with this, but... Since I'm going to be away next week and Tim Burris will be here, I want to tell you that, oh, my goodness, the University of Pennsylvania 
is planning a robotic micro swarm to automate rinsing, brushing, and flossing teeth. (laughs) That's right, your teeth. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. For those of us who still want the robots to come in and iron our clothes, or at least come in and act like the birds in in, in Cinderella and dress us, you know, (laughs) some of that stuff. I don't know. But toothbrushing is very important, and it... Certainly those people who can't do it themselves need a way to have it done. And this is a great place to apply the technology as long as y'all go ahead and move it forward into, oh, I don't know, ironing, uh, cleaning windows. Um, you know, I, I need a flock of microbots is what I need. You probably do, too. <laughs> we would all like to have that. There is uh, one more bit of information that I just cannot hold for two weeks to bring it back to you, and that is that in all our discussion about the intelligences and the differences with octopus and other creatures that are related to it, squid and whatnot, we now have to understand that part of what we're studying is Virginia Tech's work on a glove that actually can secure and grip underwater as effectively as an octopus. So not only are they learning, but we're learning from them. It is, of course, um, eight arms that have brains in them, and each of those things can take hold of stuff in different things at different times. And that's what we're trying to do as well. It's really fascinating stuff. Um, powerful snatching and and extremely good, again, where we started today, spatial memory. What is where and can I go back to it? You know, those are all very important things. Sometimes that's what's the, the trick, really, in planting seeds. Did I plant those seeds? What's that coming up? Is it my seeds or is it some other weed? Hmm, I don't know. Let's look and see. That's the sort of information that I hope to bring to you. Um, remember, mark your calendars, August 13th and August 20th at Lakeland Yard and Garden in Flowood. We're going to talk about fall gardening. Meanwhile, you want to get in touch with me, you want to subscribe to the newsletter, you just want to know what's going on in my garden, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Thank you very much. I hope you all will give Tim a good welcome next week, and I'll be back the week following. This is Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. so good you can almost taste it like bluebell strawberry lemonade ice cream delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon flavored flakes it's better than you can imagine the good old days your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. 
since 1871. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.